and welcome to Parent Page, the podcast where we bring all the crazy from your kid's college parent page offline and give you the straight story from inside the ivory tower of a college campus. I'm Leslie Zox. And I'm Mindy Horwitz. Good morning. Hi, Mindy. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? What's happening? Good. Well, we're back here on our Zoom call since we're getting our content produced on Zoom nowadays, which is really great for us. It means we can produce things more quickly and um, take advantage of topics as they come up um, fast and furious. So how was your week? Um, I I feel like the answer is always the same and it's <laughs> always crazy, but my week was good. I, I We got I got nothing interesting. How about yeah, you? Well, I mean, I think one of the nicest things is that the weather has finally become more fall-like here in our fair city in the Midwest, oh. which is such a relief. It's 95 yesterday, and today it's in the low 70s. So I feel like fall has finally arrived. We have dark fingernails. <laughs> we do. Both of us went out and got separately. Um, fall. Fall fingernails. And <laughs> I noticed as we were prepping this morning that we, you know, basically chose the same color. Like <laughs> we're over summer, Leslie. We are over summer. I'm over the um, eggshell pastels, and I'm deep into the earthy, earthy tones. We're so. into the high holidays, which is fall. This is true. We're just about there. The holidays came late this year. That's right. So, and we should clarify which holidays we're talking the, about. The, the Jewish high holidays are okay. a, a series of holidays that I'm going to botch the explanation, but it starts with Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year at the end of September, and then followed by our Day of Atonement in early October, and then the Festival of Sukkot in mid-October. That's so that's right. where we are. We're just we're just starting all that good stuff. And um I think especially for our, you know, parents who aren't with their kids and have always spent, you know, those big, big holidays with their kids. It's a, they're trying to make it special for their kids from afar. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, parents from all kinds of backgrounds will start to feel, will start to notice the performing of these traditions and these rituals. Um, you know, it just so happens that the Jewish high holidays are in the fall and Side note, I've always been confused as to why the Day of Atonement is after the New Year. It feels like those things should be swapped. <laughs> That's just me. If you, were, if you were scheduling the high holidays, you might but, schedule differently. Yes, 3,000 years ago, I think maybe they should have reconsidered the schedule. Anyway, um, but I think it's a really good thing to point out that parents everywhere of every kind of background will start to notice the performing these rituals at a distance and um, parents really hoping that their students are finding people with whom to, you know, observe these things and acknowledge these things as they go. I know that we have Diwali later in the year. We have Chinese New Year. Of course, right. we have Christmas, you know, you know, all of these. Um, I know that in the dorm last year, we had what we called um, a Friendsgiving. We did a big uh, turkey celebration in the dorm before Thanksgiving. So, um don't worry, they will find opportunities to mark the passage of these important events, whether or not they're with their families and doing so. I have I have a friend, she has three grown ch children. You know, one is probably 28, one is 26, one is 24. Two are living in Chicago. She spent this week putting together a box for the holidays um, with... Um, App, like she threw in a box apples and honey and challah, which is um, bread, well, which is going to be smashed, stale, <laughs> bruised, and all available, <laughs> and all all available in Chicago. But still, as a parent, she's still trying to send the holiday in a yeah. box to her to her grown adults who don't have time to get to the grocery store. So I, I know that's so sweet. That's so sweet. <laughs> I was actually in Minnesota this past week and um, met up with a family friend whose child also goes to our local university. And I called her before I drove back and I said, is there anything you want me to take your son? Cause I'm, you know, driving back, you know, anything can be shipped in this day and age, but just for the comfort of having something delivered. And she brought over a bag of many things. One of which was a new pair of jeans. Um, Which I thought was, like, I can understand a kid needing a pair of jeans, but more specifically, he needed a pair of jeans because he had joined an acapella group oh. and they 
uniform of this acapella group was jeans on the bottom and a black t-shirt on top. Apparently this kid just didn't really have any jeans. So <laughs> I was like, don't you worry, I will make sure Max gets gets his jeans. So good work. Good work. I had, someone, I had someone send me some business casual clothing that somebody needed for something she was applying to do. And I think there were 15 spots for 200 students. And and so she already had her first. She, the girl seemed to be perfectly fine with not getting into the group. But the 15 to 200, you know, getting one Oof. of 15 spots. Yeah. 200 people looking for it is is a disappointment also yeah. it's and it's um you know some i think sometimes kids are facing some significant disappointments for the first time um yeah. from afar and that's also a hard thing for a parent i think so and and actually this is a a perfect teeing up mindy um of today's episode actually which is around this concept of adjustment and also the concept of adjusting in light of things that are still coming up for these freshmen their freshman year or first year i say i'm always reprimanded when i use the term freshman um and um what what we as parents need to do to create just a little bit of emotional distance between are the things that our students are going through and the natural empathy that we feel for them um, and how that empathy can sometimes be um, a catalyst for even more uh, trouble and in, in this whole concept of adjusting. So we're going to, um, we're going to get to that uh, later in today's episode. We have a terrific guest whom we'll introduce later, but uh, we are going to focus on the concept of adjusting and frankly, um, the fact of the matter is, which is that we as parents in this situation need some coaching on how we are going to continue to adjust and support our students as they're adjusting. And um, as we mentioned in uh, last week's episode, we are following the calendar from here on out. We are going to stay very topical to whatever is happening with our, our, our parent college community um, based on where we are in the calendar, and and this is a this is the perfect time for us to discuss this concept. Um, we talked about it a little bit in the spring as a little as a kind of an appetizer um, with Andy Pomerantz. For anyone who wants to go back into our archives and take a listen to that um, episode, but now that we're in it and we're in the thick of it, and there are a lot of parents expressing anxiety um, uh, that is defer referred anxiety of their student on the parent page about whether or not their child is really adjusting to this college life. Um, it seems like a great time for us to get back to it. And I'm very excited to introduce our guests in a little bit. But before we do that, I have another exciting installment um, of notes from the field that I wanted to share with you, Mindy. I've been waiting all week and I think you're actually gonna have a thing or two to to say about this one. Can we take a second to do this before we I'm move on? nervous, but sure, <laughs> let's do it. Well, just to clarify, it doesn't involve you or anyone you know. Okay. okay. <laughs> but I do think it's an issue that you'll be able to relate to. And it's a very short snippet of a, it's a post, uh, it's coming to me as a screenshot of somebody. And, and this might be a good time to just um, caution parents that it's very easy to screenshot comments that are made on parent pages. And sometimes I get them in my inbox. So, you know, just a fair warning that <laughs> screenshotting is real. Screenshotting happens, even though it's maybe explicitly prohibited by your parent page community, it still sometimes happens. It may not be enforceable. It's not really enforceable and I get them often and I will do my best to keep from embarrassing people or even ratting out my sources, more importantly. Um, but here's one I have that says, are you ready? I'm ready. Um, I love that my student is independent and fairly responsible, but I'd still like to have some way to be acquainted with his fraternity brother's parents. <laughs> my son is in and then mentions the specific fraternity okay. and this is a post this parent made made on their parent page community looking to connect with other parents of students who are in this specific fraternity what do you think interesting yeah and i know you had a son who was in a fraternity 
Yeah, I, I, um, I, she, basically, she's trying to form a subgroup, right, of of fraternity. Um, I think she's just trying to connect. I don't know that she's looking to set up a whole separate parent page, which which people sometimes do, like for specific sports, um, I, or things like that. I don't. I, 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 I don't have the strongest reaction to this one. I'm not sure what to say. It might be partially my hangover, but <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. Um, I, I don't think it's the most egregious thing I've heard, to be honest. I mean, all she said well, is she was connect. I mean, it's embarrassing for the kid. Well, I'm just going to ask you, how would Josh Hurwitz, son of the pod, feel if you posted this? I mean, I wouldn't, and he wouldn't like it if I did. Right. But right. I, to be honest, though, I don't think it's the most, I, I have heard parents do a lot more embarrassing things than that. Okay. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's the most egregious sin, but I don't know. What are your thoughts? Because I might be missing something on this one. No, I just, I mean, maybe I felt that you would have a strong reaction to it because it's sort of it's sort of diving into a student's specific activity right. to, um, you know, insinuate as a parent to ins insinuates kind of an ugly word. That's not what I mean to more deeply connect with what it is that your student is up to. Also, I think the other reason I had a stronger reaction to it than you did is that fraternities are not just about an activity, there are sometimes about living situations. They're about um, relationships. Uh, it 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 can be among a group of people a pretty intense and private and intimate kind of organization. Right. And um, I I recognize that you know we all still have a vested interest in the clubs and organizations that our students join, but this one felt like. The, a fraternity or a sorority should be, and the relationship with it should really be exclusively that of your students and, right. and not of a, and there are times when fraternities and sororities do invite parents, like over parents weekend to a barbecue or something like that. And that's all lovely, but for the most you part, know, I feel like it's, it's too intimate a relationship to invite parents into. I don't right. Know you know, you know, it's, it's interesting when, when Josh was in a fraternity, his, um, he, joined a fraternity in the winter of his first year. That's when they rushed at our school, you know, in January. So he was in it for the second half of his first year and then all of his second year. And then his fraternity kind of disbanded because um, for a variety of reasons, not, not that they got in trouble. They just didn't think it was the right thing on this campus at that time. But anyway, mm -hmm. at the time when he was in it, I was sort of thinking it would be fun if there was a, a parents weekend it never happened. So I actually never met any of his parents until graduate, his friend's parents. For the most part, there were many parents I didn't meet until graduation weekend. But oh. I think that might have been partially a product of COVID. It mm. might have been a product of disorganization that they never pulled a weekend together. I mean, I think it's fun for families to meet, you know, to have a family weekend and to have a subset of a, of the, of the, um, schools, um, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever your kid is involved in, it's nice to break it down and have smaller group settings for sure. Smaller is it. I like smaller, but it yeah. didn't happen for us. So it was interesting to not be meeting. And again, his, the friends that he met in his fraternity were one group of his friends. And I, I did meet them graduation, but not until graduation, which was a funny thing, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I understand. I understand. And I think always we have to be cognizant that we're, you know, our kids are going to find out when we're posting things. Uh, how about the time? Oh, this was bad. Remember the <laughs> time when I reached, when I reached out to the head. I do of remember the, the time. Go ahead. Yeah. Tell it. Go ahead. That was a real misstep. The, 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 no, the no, rush, you have to tell because the pledging yeah. went on forever. I think he joined in January. I don't think they initiated them until May. And so, you, had, you decided to call the head of the Panhellenic and say, I'd like to get in touch with the, the fraternity, um, the president of the fraternity and find out if I could take Josh and his brother skiing for a weekend. And it went around his, for 
well, fine. So we all make mistakes. Um, <laughs> Wait, so you were asking if Josh could be excused from Rush to go on a ski trip. From pledging to go on a quick ski trip because quick we, hadn't, we hadn't had any family time in a long time. <laughs> and you called the you called him the president of his fraternity to ask. Well, I, I think it was an email and it got around the fraternity real fast. Everyone knew about it. <laughs> Thank God it just lasted like maybe a week or two until Josh was old news. But I would say that was an impulsive misstep on my part. Sorry, I'm making it. I know, but I love it. I also <laughs> love it. I mean, thank goodness I can tell this story. That was 2019. So now it's 2022. Yeah, and we can we can tell our listening audience that Josh was mad, right? Oh, oh is that was fair? Mad. He was not yeah. happy, but uh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, 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 not a good. And I had several friends who were like, Mindy, you can't do that. What were, you know, but sometimes I have some impulse issues and I didn't mean to, it just sort of happened. I don't know if it was an impulse issue so much as you were in problem solving mode, right? Like you were, you were planning and you were planning for your family, which you have done for 20 years. You have three children, which you told me when they were three and four years old that that was too many. And you were busy, busy, busy. You were just trying to get all the information that you needed and you knew where to go to get this piece of information. And and you just, oops. Didn't, did not go well. So did not go well. So no, right, well. don't, don't call the head of the pan Hellenic or the president no. of the organization that your kid's involved in. Don't. I mean, unless there's like a true emergency, just don't. A ski trip could be construed as an emergency. It, before the ski trip? I don't know if before the ski trip there's a, a conceivable argument Fair point. for an emergency. Fair point. While you're on the ski trip, there could be an emergency. Fair point. I think it's nice of us to share our trials and tribulations with our listening audience so that yeah. they don't make the same mistakes that I do. And, and you know what? I tell you what, Minnie, in solidarity with you, next week, I will come to the table with some way in which I totally embarrassed my child physically on campus beyond just having lived there and breathed in and out. Right, breathing. Stage, okay. Which was pretty embarrassing, but I'll come up with something to, to rival that, I'm sure. And the truth uh, is, is that I can match you again. I know. We could do this, and we are, all day long. <laughs> kind of what we're here for. Um, okay, so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to introduce our guest for this week, therapist Kara Friedman, who's going to work with us on the concept of adjustment and coach us parents into how we can be super supportive and um, acknowledge that we ourselves are going through an adjustment. So see you after the break. See you after the break. Welcome back to the podcast. As mentioned before the break, we're chatting today about adjusting both as parents and as students to our new college environments. I'd like to introduce today our very special guest, whom I've actually known for quite a long time, Kara Friedman. Kara is a licensed professional counselor who helps teens and women's teens and women struggling with anxiety feel calm and confident when life is out of control. With more than 20 years of experience, she's seen her clients learn new coping skills, make fundamental changes, and have long-lasting results. In addition to her private practice, Kara has spoken at the American School Counseling Association National Conference and the Independent School Association Conference and served on the advisory board for Girl Talk Incorporated and Girls in the Know. Visit her website at carafriedmancounseling.com to learn more. Welcome to the podcast, Kara. Hello, Leslie. Hey, Mindy. How are you guys? So happy to have you here today, Kara. So thanks. We are very excited to have you here. And as I mentioned during your intro, and I didn't do quite enough justice, I've known Kara for a long time. She was the uh, middle school counselor when my students were at the school she was working with at the time. And she's just been a steadying voice for our whole family through lots of the normal twists and turns that students can go through and 
oftentimes found myself asking if I could um, schedule time with her to counsel me. So I really appreciate you, Karen. Thank you for of joining us today. It's good to see you. It's good to see you, Mindy. Good to see you. Okay. So the first question, well, the first thing I'd like to do is give you an opportunity to share with our listening audience the nature of your practice and how you came into doing what you do. And so just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So, well, first of all, thanks again for having me. Um, I have been practicing for over 20 years and um, the majority of that time, I was a middle school counselor, but I've had my private practice uh, for about nine years now and full time for about three of those years. Um, I have worked extensively with adolescents um, and their parents, as you mentioned, Leslie. And uh, one thing that I have noticed is how anxiety has really been something over the last 10 years that has become such a huge issue and challenge for people. And so in my time as a school counselor, I realized that that was really becoming a passion of mine and that I really wanted to spend my days every day, all day, working with um, people from, I work with 13 and older, um, on anxiety and how to take their challenges and work with it so that they can um, be really the best version of themselves. Anxiety is a really uh, challenging thing. It's a really it's it's a really challenging thing, and there are very researched ways to be able to deal with it. And if you go to the right person and go to somebody that you trust and get the right help it does not need to be something that you struggle with for the rest of your life so i spend my days working with my clients to help them figure out how to deal with it and how to get past it so that they can uh go through go through their world feeling good about themselves um yeah what i'm mentioning too and i and i know there's a wide range of ages that you work with and and i would imagine too that the experience that parents have in parenting and anxious child changes quite a bit from you know those middle school years the high school years and then into college so talk to me a little bit about that transitional period where the student has gone off to school for the first time has a history of anxiety um and you know parent you know maybe even just what you would even consider just sort of like normal levels of anxiety in this day and age which i think are supersede what we were experiencing when we were, we were that age but just you know the experience as a parent of transitioning and watching your child go off to college knowing they're an anxious person um and and your role is different as a parent at that point in helping them manage it sure so one thing i will say is that my practice is kind of divided into fourths so one fourth of my practice is working with students who are getting ready to go to college one practice one fourth of my practice is students who are in college. One fourth of my practice are the parents who have their kids in college. And then the other fourth, I would say, are other. So a little bit younger or a little bit older. So I'm actually really working with a lot of people who are within this college age. And so I see and talk to a lot of students who are both those students who are entering into college and their parents who are adjusting to having their kids go off to college. And here we are in September. So what you're talking about is happening right now. These parents <laughs> are really nervous about their kids going off to college. And are you getting a lot of phone calls? What did you say? Are you getting a lot of phone calls? <laughs> I'm getting some phone calls. Yes, I am getting those phone calls. Um, and that's perfectly fine, I think. You know, parents want their kids to do well. They want them to be successful. And especially if they have a previous diagnosis of anxiety, here they are going off to college and experiencing life in a whole different stage. And so they're nervous about what if they don't make friends? What if they don't get into the sorority or fraternity that they really, really want? What if they're just sitting alone in their dorm room and I don't know it? And God forbid they're having, you know, these deep, dark thoughts. What if they're not eating? 
So what if they're starving themselves to death? Or what if they are not attending their classes? Or what if it's too hard? Or what if they don't like the choice that they made? There's all of these what ifs. Parents are just really, really stuck in this what if, what if, what if. Well, one thing that we know about anxiety, or maybe you don't know, let me teach you a little bit about anxiety. Let's <laughs> learn about anxiety right now. Here we go. So anxiety is really the struggle of uncertainties. So when you have anxiety, it is typically because you are challenged with uncertainties in your life. So if you think about that, the reason that you're typically struggling with things is because you're uncertain about certain things that matter to you. And that can be really big or really small. And you want those answers now. So I want to know, a parent might say, I want to know right now that my kid's going to do okay, that they're going to be successful, that they're going to get the job that they want after school, that their safety is going to be okay on campus. Like, tell me all these things right now. But as we know in life, Mm, we can't have those answers because, you know, as Leslie has heard me say before, you can't read the end of the book of life before you live it day by day. That's just not possible. You have to live your life day by day and you can't, you, you have to just roll with these uncertainties. And that's a really hard thing for parents to do, especially when their baby just left home. Right. Yes, it is. Right? I mean, you both have college students. Is this what your experience has been? I think that we're all used to controlling so much. And then we send them off and we are no longer in control of it. Yeah. Uh, and and your kids. Yeah. So, of course, I think you are, you are hitting the nail on the head. Yeah. Um, also, I think the difference and, and understanding intellectually as the parent that there's a difference between my student's anxiety and my anxiety. <laughs> These are two different things. Well, that kind of goes back to what I'm saying is because the students have the, the they are closer to um, the control. And so they are the ones who are going to be able to um, get the answers when we talk about the uncertainties, they're the ones who are going to be able to find the answers faster than you may be being hundreds or thousands of miles away. So there's much more of a lack of control that parents are feeling than their students who are actually on campus or knowing day by day what's going on with them. I did collect for this podcast, I talked to my students, then my clients who are students about some thoughts that they had. So we're going to get into that. I told you? That's amazing. They okay. shared it. I'm we're very excited to hear this. So go right, go right ahead, like from the horse's mouth. Let's hear it. Out of the mouth of babes. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So um, here are some things that my clients shared with me. And I'm glad that they did because I think that it's something really interesting for us as adults to really listen to and reflect on. So, and I think we forget. I'll be curious to see what you all think about this. I mean, this is catnip right here. This is right. catnip for every parent. Like, bring it on. I can't wait. Go for it. <laughs> okay. So, how true is this? That um, oftentimes we only come to our parents with the struggles and not the positive moments. How many times do your kids call you and they're like crying, like, oh my God, life is so bad, so bad, so bad. And you hear the worst of it. And then you see like a picture of them that night and they're with their friends and then they're totally uh, fine. And you're like, oh my uh, God, I think my kids dying. And they're wearing glitter. Um, and how could they possibly be this upset if they're wearing glitter? Yeah. A million percent, mm -hmm. a million percent. If you could see how much I'm nodding right now mm -hmm. because we're safe for them. They tell us all their stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just a reminder. Like they're calling you to let it go. But sometimes when they let it go and they let their emotions out, they did. And they've moved on and then something great happens, you know, 20 minutes later and then their day shifts and they've had a really good day. And the parents are, you know, still at home thinking, oh, my goodness, my child's really struggling and the kid has moved on and they're doing great. So just a reminder to the parents to really take that into account that even though your kid calls home and is crying, 
there is really potential that their day can shift quickly. It's a great there, point. Yeah. I well, I give that to to my client, you know. Let's give let's give her the credit. So, all right. Um I've had to adjust to the fact that my parents don't always have the answers or solution to a problem of mine. And sometimes I really just want to be heard and validated for the way I'm feeling. The recommendation is number one thought I have is to really just listen. That is amazing. I've got like chills up my left arm because I love this concept that these students are realizing that a, we don't know. <laughs> We're big frauds. Yeah. And that it's, Did I've been fraud? Yeah, we're big frauds. We're <laughs> parents, total frauds. Right. Um, but also that um, it's best for us to just listen. I've been told that so many times and I suck at that. And my kids will just tell me that flat out from the beginning. I'm going to tell you something and I just need you to listen. Yeah. So it's a really good reminder. I think you know, this is really the time for these kids to really learn how to make decisions on their own and how to problem solve on their own. I, I think these cell phones are fantastic, but when a kid's calling from college and saying, what peanut butter should I buy? Can we FaceTime? That's just too much. I mean, <laughs> really, like. That's actually a harmless example, but I, I mean. <laughs> well, right. Like, time to make some of these decisions. These college students really do need to be making these decisions and going. And, you know, I, I know people who are in HR, and I, I can't tell you how many parents are calling HR. Oh, yes, my. yes, at these companies. I, oh my I know God. that listeners are nodding because I'm not the only one who knows this, but no, I've, heard, like I've heard this from people consulting companies that parents are calling and saying, you know, why is my kid on this project or that project yeah. or whatever? I'm sorry, Mindy, what were you going to say? You were going to say something. Oh, well, I have a, I have a friend. She has two kids in, col in college, one, two boys, one's a junior, one's a first year. And, um, one of them calls her every day, every moment, every decision. And it makes her crazy. The other doesn't call her at all. Um, so the first one that we started with was the one that doesn't call her at all. So the suggestion was maybe you should arrange for a talk on Sunday. You just pick a day, Sunday, yeah. whatever it is, have a conversation. Similarly, with the one that she's talking to too much and is driving her crazy because he's asking her what kind of peanut butter he should buy. Mm. The suggestion was also like, Maybe instead of us, this is the junior, maybe yeah. instead of talking through every decision as it comes, let's save it up. Because yeah. then we, when we do get together to talk on Sunday rather than four times a day, maybe it will be a more um, meaningful and more substantial, sub, sub, I don't know the word, um, a better conversation than, than, than me trying to work through all, every, every step with you along the way. Yeah. Two kids, same family, opposite issue. Over communicating and under communicating. Uh, isn't that interesting? Same family. Yeah. Anyway, go on. I'm Everyone sorry. Everyone can just talk on Sundays. <laughs> yeah, Sunday's a big talking day. I get a, I get calls from Jonah twice a week, and it took me a while to figure out that he was calling me consistently on the same two days of the week at the same time. It took me a while before I figured this out. And finally I I said, what is happening? And he said, well, I have it in my calendar to call you at this time. And I just, I blindly follow whatever's in my calendar as a practice, because if I don't, there's no point in me keeping a calendar. So, yeah. so you're just calling because your calendar prompt is like, well, I love you and you love me and I'll talk to you later. Bye. That's funny. That's so. okay. Well, he knows how to follow a calendar. That's good. Like I just, this is the discipline I follow. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. Keep sharing. Karen. Okay. On to the next one. I really like this one. I think this is a really good point. My mom would tell me about her friend's college experiences, and it didn't really bother me because other kids weren't doing well. But then I'm also thinking that those kids are hearing about my time in college, which I didn't like. So her recommendation was to be sensitive about what you are sharing and who you are sharing it with. 
And I, you know, clearly I work with this young woman and it was really helpful for her to hear that she wasn't the only one who was struggling with her transition. And this was during COVID times and it was really hard to meet people and, you know, not all of the clubs were going on. Um, but when she found out that her mom was sharing her story, she she didn't like everyone knowing her business. And I think right. it's a really yeah. good reminder to parents that as you know, your kids' privacy is really important. And yeah. Yeah. I, I really liked that one. I I loved yeah. that she shared that with me. What do you all think? Well, I love that too. And I, and I think Mindy and I can both attest, you know, Kara, one of these days, we got to get you on one of these actual parent pages so you can <laughs> you can see some of this stuff in action. Cause I'd love to see it. Yeah. Cause there is a lot of sharing of that kind of concern. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to stifle people's efforts to connect and make meaningful, you know, have meaningful dialogue with people, but it does. I know that my kid would be mortified if I was expressing anxieties about, you know, my kid's adjustment in in this very public arena, much less talking about it just on the phone with a friend. You know, I think um, I think that that's a really important reminder for people. I think you have to turn to your your people to get support. You know, I, we all have to turn to our people. We don't have to tell everyone our business either. And yeah. there's a difference. Yeah. We're using good judgment and not being gossipy. Yeah. Not that yeah. everything tends to be gossipy, but. No, but I mean, it would be very natural. Like if I was hearing from somebody that so-and-so wasn't happy with their college choice or something like that. And then, <clears throat> and then I, you know, if that same person came up in conversation. I, I could very easily with no malice in my heart thinks to say something like, oh yeah, I heard he was, he wasn't super thrilled with such and such a place and was thinking about like, that's not information, you know what I mean? Like that's not information that kids should want yeah. me to eat. And I obviously, that's not me. It's not, it's not on anybody else to, that's on me to protect that information. But in general, like that's how, that's how easily, and sometimes just, you know, with no malice, but just kind of thoughtlessly things, you know, things get around. So. Mm -hmm. And that's not even posting it on the Facebook parent page. That's just in the context of conversation, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Should we do another one? Yeah, let's, let's do, do another one. Okay. So I, this one made me giggle. Um, all right. So I definitely would say that they should occasionally check in on their college student. And I don't just mean FaceTime, but also like in person. Sometimes students who haven't made any friends don't have anyone and it can get lonely. This particular client really did struggle at the beginning. Again, though, um, she was in COVID times. Uh, it starts to make you feel sad and I felt lonely when I started college. It's also fun when parents send their student a gift basket because it's a small way to show you care and it can make us have a better day. Okay, so public service announcement. Everybody yes. send your kids care packages. Right, right. Get busy, parents. And this is also like you have to know your kids. Some kids would really appreciate if you know that they're struggling and they're not naturally making friends right away. I do think that an in-person visit sometimes can go a long way. But I also think that sometimes it isn't healthy to do an in-person visit and you have to let your college student push through. And if they're not, you know, if you're always going or they're always coming home if they can, then they're not there long enough or often enough to make the connection. I typically do not encourage the in-person visits until um, fall break or Thanksgiving break. Um, Right. I really think that the kids need to be present and they need to be there when all of the other students are there, even though it's hard if they're not present and they're not around when the things are going on, then they're not going to be invited. So I wanted to share what she said, because I really I thought that it was funny when she said the gift basket. Um, no, but I love what you're saying. I do think it's a really good talking. They 
Yeah, they might want to come home. You might want them to come home. There might right. be like a hometown honey that's asking yeah. them to come home. You know, any these distractions pulling them out of these environments that they have signed up to join. I, I, it's, I have a knee-jerk reaction to that when I when I hear that, like, oh, she's just going to come home. And sometimes, sometimes you know your kid and you know they need a break, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. especially for that sure. first semester, like grit your teeth and just strongly recommend that they stick around. And if a quick drive by for dinner or something like that is possible, if you're really anxious, that's fine. Yeah. But please just try to you're smiling, Mindy, with your I thought. can't remember if I can't remember if I said this in an earlier podcast, but when when Josh, our oldest, was in his first year, he was homesick and he was at a college in our town. Mm-hmm. And and he created these very <clears throat> firm boundaries that he wasn't coming home until um, fall break. He, he didn't want to see us until family weekend. Even though we were in the same town, it was very important to him that he muscled through it. Yeah. And and it would have been easy to go, you know, get it, take him to dinner, but he didn't allow it. It wasn't until his maybe junior or senior year where he broke his own rules that he created because he wanted that separation and wanted to make sure, you know, he, he wanted he to. Yeah. He wanted to know he could do it. Right. Yeah. As if he was on the moon. I mean, obviously my kid very much, very much the same thing. Now, all this being said, I did drive over there yesterday and drop off a calculator that he'd left at home. So I'm basically full of shit. You should <laughs> be aware of that. Well, um, right. But he had a stats exam and I knew where it was and it took me I five mean, minutes. So I did. And I'm sorry, but it just, yeah. Okay. We'll talk, we're going to talk about that when we <laughs> sign off here, Leslie. <laughs> yeah. It's a $200 calculator. I couldn't just send him out to buy another one. I just wasn't going when, <laughs> when Josh was in his first year, it was fall break and his, two of his friends walked him downstairs with his laundry so I could pick him up and bring him home. So this is this today's the day that I'm revealing all my mistakes. So I so I said, oh, kids, do you want to come home with us? I'll give you food. And Josh is like, they're not coming to our house. It's fall break. I need a break from them. Why would you invite them? So he I had to uninvite them because he didn't want to spend his he wanted a break. That's what he and I, you know, because I think that's that's the issue is that his parents in some ways we're we it's not our college experience it's theirs so as fun as it would be for me to have his friends home so i Mm -hmm. could get to know them that wasn't about him that was about me yeah and he put the i mean he knew his boundaries but he put the kibosh on it and i think that's at the crux of it it's not our experience it's theirs is that on topic that's very actually i have that is exactly what one of my that is funny because that is exactly what one of my if you want to know, one of my said, um, hold on, let me let me pull it up. She said, so yeah, so this particular client said, I know parents have all had their own college college experiences and want to jump in relating to their own. But what I really want is for them to listen and ask questions about my college experience. So yeah, I think. I think that, well, first of all, we all think that we went to college yesterday, don't we? I mean, <laughs> does me, everybody me, think that they no, just I, went to college? I graduated maybe three years ago. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah, <laughs> just three years ago. I. It is kind of a funny time where everybody feels that they just went to college. But yeah. this particular yeah. client did talk about that, how she feels that her parents talk about their college experience all the time and try to relate her college experience to their college experience. And she doesn't really want to hear about that right now. She wants to have her parents stop talking about theirs and help her focus on what is the best college experience for her. That is, I think more than any other time, I find parents want to relive their college experiences. Right. Right. What is the deal with that? I mean, and I know it's like for a lot of people, it's a really fun time, but I think I think that's important. part of it. I think part of it is that <clears throat> and let them do it on their own. 
Yeah, I think maybe for a lot of us, and certainly not for everybody, but for a lot of us, we have the <clears throat> benefit of hindsight now to know that those were the years when we made a lot of seriously meaningful connections. Right. Some of us met our life partners, um, others met our lifelong friends. We yeah. made decisions about our lives. We <clears throat> had these huge formative experiences. And we just, I, I know at the end of the day that I just want to know that my kid is having that, those experiences, not the same exact experiences I had, but he was meeting these people that would potentially be lifelong friends and that he was, um, you know, having the same kind of impactful experience in his college years that I had. Because I think the other thing we also understand just with the benefit of hindsight is that it's very challenging to make those kinds of connections and have those huge experiences once you leave the university setting. They still happen, of course, but. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, so much of that stuff gets baked in concrete during those years. And so not only are we concerned that those things are actually happening, um, but we're also intensely curious and have feel as though we have a vested interest in, in what those relationships are and, and what those decisions might be and what the outcomes of them, you know, might be in the future. And, um, uh, you know, it's just a level of empathy that is maybe at times a little toxic and, mm -hmm something that we should just at least observe and maybe try to step back from. I think too, you know, I have, I have one particular client who's struggling because her mom did that. She had her very best lifelong friends from college and she met my client's dad in college. And my client is not having that experience. She likes college, but she isn't making her best friends and she is not at all interested in dating. And yeah. she feels that her college experience is a failure. And we've really had to do work to say, to really get her to understand that college doesn't, isn't a failure if you haven't made your friends of a lifetime. And if you're not interested in dating in college, if you're just not there, that that's completely fine. I mean, she's pre-med and she's like, rock in the world and she could care less about dating right now developmentally she is just she is just not interested she's not there she is a phenomenal phenomenal young woman but because her mom has talked about college being the sorority the best friends the dating she she truly came to me feeling like a failure because this hasn't been her college experience and that that breaks my heart. And I think that that is a really important thing for parents to think about is how are you presenting what a successful college experience is to your children? Because it isn't, it doesn't all look the same for everyone. One size doesn't fit everyone. Exactly, Mindy. Yeah, and we're, we're sort of setting up the self-fulfilling prophecy of anxiety when we're implying that maybe they shouldn't be satisfied with their college experience um, and our anxiety is feeding their anxiety about it. So um, that's a really helpful observation. Cool. Your students are lucky to have you, Kara. Um, Very lucky, I'm lucky to have them. I mean, truly, they make me better. I, I just love working with them and we do some, we do some cool work in here. That's for sure. Well, before we let you go, I want to give you, before we let you go, I want to give you a minute to just, um, you know, one of the things that we're, we very, really focus on, on this podcast is just a little bit of authenticity. Like let's, let's just be real here. Um, sure. <clears throat> obviously Mindy and I've spent a lot of time in this particular episode, um, admitting to things that we've done that we'd like to go back and correct. Um, but I wanted to give you an opportunity, Kara, to, you know, speak to our audience of parents, obviously, and, uh, you know, just give you an opportunity to say, hey, you know, bottom line, guys, here's what you got to know. So the floor is yours. Go for it. Yeah, I, I think that the bottom line is to let your college students have their have their own independence and to let their write, let them write their own story 
and to figure out what brings them joy and to be able to live that authentically. And if that is, you know, through their academics, through what they're studying, through relationships, through connections, to really help them identify what it is that brings them joy and to help them find ways to then continue that after college. There's so many things that, um, there's so many components of life that we need in order to find balance. And I think part of that is by having um, a high self-esteem, which is the feeling that you have within yourself, but then having strong self-confidence, which is then how you present that to the world. And in order for the college students to have that, they need to gain their own independence. And I think for parents to really let their children have their own story and guide them in creating their own story, um, then they will have what they need by the time that they're done with college by listening to them, listening to them, guiding them, being there for them, rather than stepping in and doing it for them. Like delivering a calculator, for example. I'm just <laughs> like here, just, just, you know, just as an example. Or maybe um, calling a pledge <laughs> president, fraternity president. Thank you. I do more on the good news is that we can make really, as parents, we can make some really silly For rookie sure. mistakes and For we sure. can still recover from them. Is totally. that the truth? Is, <laughs> I mean, none of these things make it or break it. It's just one blip in a very, very big picture. So yeah, yeah be Great. kind to yourselves. Be Great kind. Point. Wonderful conversation, Kara. Thank you so much, Kara. We really have you all. I meant not to have you. I didn't have you. Thank you for having me. No, we had you. It was wonderful having you here, and we're definitely we're definitely going to add you to the roster of repeats in the future. So I hope you don't mind giving us more of your time. So I love being with you all. Thank you for having me. I remember. Remember, the kids are fun. Kids are fine. Everybody's fine. Everybody's great. Thank you, Kara. Thanks, Kara. Bye. Bye bye.